Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to an episode that I'm just personally selfishly so excited to talk to this woman today. This was just an easy excuse to talk to her anyway, somebody that I could, man, go down so many rabbit holes with. And today we're going to talk about, I have Brianne Suffren on the podcast, how healing your hyperachiever can save your marriage. And we are two recovering hyperachievers ourselves. I'll let her introduce herself first and then we'll get into it. But Brianne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And I just love chatting with you. So this is going to be great. Me too. So can you just let everyone listening know a little bit about you and what you do nowadays? Yeah, sure. So I'm a business and leadership coach. I've been in the business world for a while, long time. I was in network marketing for, oh gosh, this is my 19th year and I'm an executive for a wellness company. And then I also coach people who are in that space or looking to become a better leader and so forth. I worked in corporate America before that. Yeah. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm a Leo. I'm a five one on the human design. (laughs) <laughs> so if that's you, then you're my people. Hitting <laughs> all the important personalities that I usually end up asking by the end of the conversation. So I love that. But yeah, Brie and I were in the same network marketing company. We didn't know each other when we were in it, but we actually met after. So we just have a very similar background and we both know what it's like to be stuck on this hamster wheel of productivity and hitting goals and achieving and not really knowing how to slow down how to rest, how to really embody peace longer than like a skincare routine, (laughs) a short pause. And we also are no stranger to how this can affect a relationship, a marriage. And so y'all already know my story. I want Brie to be able to share hers because it's powerful. When she came into our coaching container and shared her story with my client, she just immediately won all of our hearts over. We were in tears, but it's a story that comes out with a lot of fortitude and strength. So I know we don't have time for the extended version, but Brie, could you sum up just your journey, what you've been through when it comes to the link of hyperachieving and how that affected your relationship? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was thinking just now back to that conversation we had with your amazing clients and it was incredible. And it was the first time I had told that story ever. So I have a lot of stories I could share about this specific topic. I think for me, what I'll say is it even comes down to just me, who I was when I grew up. Like I went to school, I went to, you know, high school, barely graduated. I was just more interested in being popular. I was picked on a little bit. 
Um, I wanted to be liked so badly. I just wanted to be liked. I think for girls in high school, it's not always easy. You just want to fit into the crowd. And it was very clicky for me when I went to school. And then it led to me finding work, right? Like I was, I got my first job at 16 and I ended up being really good at work. And so when I finished high school, I didn't want to go to college because they had offered me a management position at the store that I was at. And so I just threw myself into work and I became really good at it. And I realized that it was where I was shining. I had people recognizing me. Then I went into network marketing and network marketing. And there's more to it. I worked in corporate America. I was an operations manager for GE for a number of years. I got a really good position there because of my hustle and all of that. And I definitely developed some really good leadership skills and things of that nature. I got into network marketing and man, it was really interesting. I struggled for a bit because it was one of these things where you have to work for yourself. Yeah, you there you have to discipline yourself. There's nobody that's going to pull you out of bed in the morning to make you do it. Once I figured it out, I was really on a roll. I did well. I was able to support my family. I was married. I had all these things happening. The thing that was struggle for me was there was no shutting it off. And I'm sure you probably could remember these days like there was no shutting it off. So I also think, and this isn't to say every company's different, every business is different. You can be a hyperachiever in anything you do, no matter what it is. I think for me in the network marketing space, there was always something to do. There was always another goal. You had your fiscal year end, and then it was like the next day, it was like the scoreboard's at zero. Now you've got, you're going to hit this next thing. And now it's a new goal. And there was always something where it made it really hard for me to sit and rest. I always felt like I needed to achieve. And that feeling of wanting to be liked, I definitely was a people pleaser. I'm a recovered people pleaser now. But that feeling of wanting to be liked, and I don't know if you went through this, Becky, it was like I always wanted the top people to like me. I always wanted them to know me. I wanted to feel important. I worked hard to be recognized. And the thing is, it's like your spouse doesn't know what that is. Mm -hmm. you know, your spouse isn't necessarily in the company doing what you do. They're not working with you side by side every single day. They don't have the same goals, the same dreams, the same aspirations. And even if they did, it would be within a different business model. And so it was this vicious cycle of me abusing my time, you know, continuously having time management issues, always <laughs> having to work at night. No one forced me. I just always had to work at night because I never could get it done. Even the kids, they would get home from school. I'd be with them for a little bit. It would be like I would finish my dinner and then I would run into the office and I'd be in there for hours and my husband would be putting the kids to bed. And so I'll tell you just, I think my story that I want to share here today is I was married previously and that can be a conversation maybe for another time. I was married previously and my husband struggled with drug addiction and I was married for a couple of years and I was in network marketing at that time. And interestingly enough, it was... That time in my business was the only time I was happy. And it was what I used as a scapegoat to get away from the pain that was happening in my life at that time. And so that marriage ended. I met my now husband, Mike, and my husband, Mike, has been with me through thick and thin. And, and we 
see. We were together for about 15 of the 19 years, 15 of the 19 years. And I've thought through what I would share today, but I'll tell you, I think the biggest thing is my husband started to become very resentful of my business because it was like I was putting the business before him and it caused a lot of issues. It caused a lot of challenges. And I think I always felt, and I'll stop here and pass it to you. I think I always felt like if I just get to this next place, it's going to be better. If I just hit this goal, if I get this many people, if I get into this car, if I get into this income, I'm going to finally be able to relax. I'm going to finally be able to rest. I've just got to get this one goal accomplished. Mind you, it would take a year to accomplish the one goal. Once I get that one goal, it's going to take 12 months. But once I get that one goal, everything in my life is going to change. I'm going to have more money. I'm going to have more time. I'm going to have more happiness. I'm going to be able to be with my kids. And it never changed. Because then once that goal was reached, it was always then another goal and another goal and another goal. So I don't know if you experienced that, but that was really where I realized this is ruining my marriage. Mm. Oh my gosh, I can relate to so much of this. And there was so (laughs) much gold in just that like short five minutes where you just did a beautiful job of summarizing that. I know there's so much more to it. But the one thing that you mentioned about, okay, my husband wasn't in the business. He wasn't running it. He wasn't in the company like me. So like, he doesn't understand. I can completely relate to that. And I wrote him off because of that. I'm just like, he doesn't get it. And so basically he is a threat to me being successful in my business. And I need to drown him out. Cause I had this idea where it's, if he were just on board, then I could be successful. And I saw all of these other women in our company that we were in and their husbands were very supportive and I hated it. I felt so jealous. I'm like, ah, he's the reason that I am not successful in this. If only he were supportive when now in retrospect, I had to finally bite my ego and admit to him, you saw truth in what I needed at that time that I wasn't able to see. My ego was fighting so hard to protect me. I was in my own survival mode for a very similar reason. I'm using this business as a scapegoat to not feel the pain of what was actually happening behind the scenes in my marriage. So all of that resonates. And I finally did and can say and talk to him now that, yeah, you saw me on this hustle train, just like a decade of being strung out on hustle and not knowing how to slow down. And you felt that energy. And I can see now that wasn't a very pleasant energy to live with somebody that's just constantly going and stressed and nervous and excited, but not having this grounded homeostasis balanced energy that I know I was designed to live like, but was not on that track for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's funny. It's not funny. It's hard. But why do we go through that? We blame our husbands. And we think, I think it's twofold. My husband was extremely supportive. He was extremely supportive. Here's what happened. I broke promises that I kept to myself and I kept to our family. And so he wasn't supportive because who's going to be supportive of their wife that has to work every single solitary night, but works for themselves and runs their own business, but has to be in the office until 11 p.m. I don't know any husband that wants their wife in the office until 11 p.m. every night of the week when they're getting ready to go to bed. You know what I mean? 
And I think I always felt chaotic. I think for me, Becky, I never felt at peace. And I work in another business now. It is in the network marketing industry, but it is very different. And it is, it is very different. And I don't feel that. And I will tell you the business, the company that you and I were in the last few years, I really got it together. I was able to learn how to scale my business in a way where I was working a lot less. And you want to know something that's really crazy? They were my best years. And they weren't my best years because I had killed myself the years previously. So now it's, oh, it's caught up to me. And now I'm having these great years. No, it was because I looked at my relationship and I had to, I started to realize that I felt like a fraud. I felt like a hypocrite. I was building leaders. I was teaching people how to do this and telling them that if you do it this way, you can have it all. And I wasn't living it. And so I felt like a hypocrite. So I said, okay, I've got to figure this out. And I just, I hired a coach. I had a business coach that was incredible. And he challenged my thinking a lot. He said to me one time, and I remember getting so angry, you don't have to be in the office until the end of the night at the end of the month, the last day of the month. And I was thinking to myself, you have no idea what I do. I have to be in the office until midnight. If I'm not in the office until midnight, I'm not a good leader. And he challenged my thinking to say, why? Let's talk about that. And guess what, Becky? I stopped being in the office until midnight. And I think we can get so wrapped up in our goals and then we get frustrated that our spouse is not as wrapped up in our goals. Why would they be? Mm -hmm. Why would they be as wrapped up in our goals as we are? Why are we blaming for our, our husbands for not being supportive? Are we doing the things that are required or I guess not even required, but that we should as a wife and a lot of us are mothers. Is it that I work this business so I can't ever do anything with the kids? And it wasn't that I didn't do anything, but it was really like whatever I wanted to do, I did. Mm -hmm. And he felt neglected for a long time. Yeah, I would not feel fully present with the kids. I'd be there because I knew that I should be. And that's what a good mom does. But I was constantly thinking about my business in the background. And they can feel that. Like kids are really smart, pick up on energy. And I wasn't able to actually be where my feet were. I remember not being able to play with them because I always felt like there was such urgency of the goals I was trying to reach and the things I needed to get done and the long to-do list. And so playing felt like a threat too. And he noticed that. And he would notice that I was on my phone all the time, taking orders, talking with my team members, clients. And he was like, you're not living the way that you're preaching your values are. And that's what you said. You said you felt like a hypocrite. You weren't keeping your word to yourself. I, I think both of us were just living out of alignment with what our values really were, because all the time I would say God first, family second, career third. And I, I didn't live like that. And it didn't look like that on the outside. It was able, I was able to present something very different, but my husband knew and my kids could feel it that the big rocks were way out of order. The priorities were way out of order. 
We're going to take a quick pause from this episode to introduce our sponsor for today. The Root to Rise Marriage Coaching Program, which is my four-month group coaching container, is designed for highly ambitious women ready to heal the fear of abandonment, reclaim connection, and find clarity in their relationship by moving trauma out of the body. Previous clients have healed their relationship after infidelity, reclaimed their safety and power after abuse, healed intimacy blocks, and found peace and clarity after decades of being terrorized by the never-ending anxiety of should I stay or should I go. This program is for you if you've already invested in all the mainstream modalities of healing, therapy, couples counseling, EMDR, books, podcasts, yoga, prayer, you name it and are still finding yourself spinning your wheels, full of head knowledge, but not feeling any different in your relationship. We're currently in high demand for applications into our Root to Rise program, so if you'd like to explore if and how we can help you, click the link in the show notes to apply to speak with our team. And I know both of us have gotten mentorship from Kelly Brock. That's how we met for We're in the same mastermind coached by Kelly and Kelly was someone who was really the first mentor in my life that really helped me get super zeroed in on what are my core values? What are my deep, deep core divinely given values that I want to live out? And how do I actually shift my life to be able to live that out in alignment and embody like having my words and my actions and my business reflect my values. And I've been on that path ever since. And it's changed everything. Even today, I met with somebody who I'm thinking of hiring on the team. And she's the first thing we're going to do is deep dive into your values and your human design and your dharma and make sure that you're built from that. Uh, I just, again, it was like this wave of just, I, I feel so refreshed that there are people actually doing this, building businesses. And in this case, her helping business owners build a life and a business that's around and in line with their core values. Otherwise we just feel like a total imposter. That's when imposter syndrome shows up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And she's brilliant at that. And I will not, I remember when I saw that you were in the company and I messaged you and I was like, Whoa. And you were (laughs) like, wait a minute. What? And we just talked through it. And it was like, we were both like mind blown. You remember that conversation? We were like, wait, what? You were where? How did you leave? What happened? What did you? Oh, really? No, really? And it's so interesting to, to connect and see just what happens in people's lives and what's happened with you and your marriage and how your marriage has been restored by identifying these things. I've been watching what you're doing. I was actually telling a friend about you the other day. She was a high up leader in Young Living in the past. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her about you and she's a trauma coach as well. And I said, you got to look at her page. And I just want to say, I think it's incredible. Where would we be today? Like, where would you be today? Had you not realized, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what's happening. And I think for me, I think I had, I I don't know whether it was a massive fear or failure, uh, a fear of not being liked, a fear of feeling like I wasn't good enough. But I just had to look back and I hope that your listeners that are listening to this realize I'll never forget this one story. And this will sum up what I'm saying here. I had a friend, I was in qualification to earn a car and it was a higher level car. And they had come out with a special promotion where you could get another higher level of that car with an extra seat. Okay, (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, my kids and we're going to sports and I need this. I need this extra sheet. See, I have to have it. And I didn't qualify for the upper level, the highest level. And I remember just literally going, I can't go on social media. I can't go on Facebook. I can't like people are expecting that I'm going to qualify for this. I actually thought for a minute, Becky, I was going to lose friends. That is how twisted, like if that's what it requires for your friends to be friends with you, what upper level car you drive, maybe we should get some new friends, right? I called my friend up who was in the company and I said to her, this is what happened. And she said, Brianne, and I'll never forget it. She said, at the end of your life, when you get to heaven, I'm pretty sure that God's not going to say, I cannot believe you didn't earn that car in that season. In the grand scheme of life, what does it matter that you didn't earn that car right now? And I just realized how much of a brat I was being and how much I was worried about what people thought of me and was I successful and that those feelings are what drove me to work to the point that I could never shut it off, to neglect my husband, to neglect my children, that and then just not having the skills to know how to scale my business properly, not being willing. And I don't know if you felt this ever, but I felt like when I was trained on something, it was like as if it was coming like straight from the Bible or something like it was like written in stone, like this was what it was. And so to question that thought process, to question that thinking was wrong. Yeah. And we have to just realize like everybody's different. There are different people in different companies that do things differently than you that are not aligned with the way that you think. Mm. You should always question. You should always go with your gut. If it doesn't feel right, then you should ask. If it feels right for someone else and not, you shouldn't be living someone else's life because they've told you this is the way it works. I just think for me, that's a big one. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like I definitely struggled with um, just feeling like I had to fit in a box. It's so big. And I wasn't used to that kind of mentorship from my time in the company. But even before that, just with all the mentors and bosses I've had in my life, it was always coaching me with the agenda of how to let the company or the organism or the group be successful. And it wasn't this tailored, it completely neglected the tailored piece of, yeah, but what are your values and how are you feeling about this? And what is your gut saying? What is your intuition saying? How does this line with your personal nervous system or your goals or your family? And so it was new for me. Yes, I would say stepping into first the mentorship with Kelly and having somebody really have no agenda for me, not even to stay in their program that I signed up for to really help me get clear on what is it that God's calling me to step forward on and make real in this world and what divine downloads am I getting not to, not just to serve the greater purpose, which I think that's part of it too. That's not to swing to the other side and be like, oh, we don't think about the greater purpose of whatever group we're in company that's part of it but it's a balance like you can't do it to the neglect of yourself and your mental health and all of that and the story that you shared of the realization you had where it's okay if I get to heaven one day and God is is it really gonna matter if you got that one extra seat in that high level car it reminds me of what Kelly always says where if it costs you your peace it's too expensive 
And that has stuck in my head so many times. Like when I get into that mode of sacrifice and just being scrappy in survival mode, doing whatever it takes to get something done, if this is costing me my pieces too expensive. And also it reminded me what you said of in the grand scheme of things like that are not going to matter. Like whatever the thing is that we're trying to achieve or get done right now, we're so hyper-focused on, but that's what we're biologically incapable of tapping into when we are in trauma mode. We can't brainwaves wise, like neuroscience, we cannot tap into that higher perspective of the grand scheme of things when we're in that survival triggered state. And so it's interesting because when you, there's even studies done when people are in that mode and that fight flight response or that hyper achiever, hyperactivity, hypervigilant mode, the actual vision, the visual cortex gets smaller. Not everyone can see what I'm doing right now, but your peripheral vision kind of shuts off and you're actually like tunnel vision, like a, a racehorse with blinders on because you're just focused on surviving, not enjoying and looking around. And so it makes sense that we weren't able to understand the grand scheme of things because I think where you and I relate on this is we were doing the best that we knew in that moment to soothe a wound that was really scary to face. And it was the wisdom of our nervous system to use work as a scapegoat to survive the pain of what was actually happening in our marriages. And it worked for a time and it served its purpose for a time, but it also reached its expiration date because no one can function like that forever. And so I'm curious what the turning point was for you. What was there a rock bottom? What was it that caused you to go from, okay, I need to get off this track and actually start healing from this years of hustle? Yeah. There, it wasn't necessarily a rock bottom. What I will say was, is a conversation with my husband and my husband was frustrated. And he started avoiding me. I started to notice this avoidance and it was after I had, we had um, our second child drew and we didn't talk as much. He stopped asking me to come to bed. It was like expected that you're going to be on the phone. He stopped coming downstairs to check on me. My basement was where my office was. And so he'd come down there and he'd say, you're almost done. You're almost done. He stopped doing that. And then it led to some conversations. And really what happened was I sat with myself. Now I had a business coach as well through this and he helped me through it. And I just was like, I'm having problems with my marriage. So we talked business. We didn't talk personal stuff too much. And so I opened up and said, I have problems with my mayor. I'm having some problems. And he said, okay, what's going on? Now he'd met my husband. He loved my husband. He was like, what do you mean? Let's talk, let's talk about it. And we opened up a conversation and that led to me realizing more of what I was doing. And he had my husband read a book and it's called the way of the superior man. It is an unbelievable book. My husband read it. It's not long. And then after he read it, my coach said, you need to read it. I read it and I realized what I was doing was I was almost like taking his manhood away. If that makes sense. That's basically what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, okay, like I didn't want anything happening to my marriage. I wasn't thinking anything was really happening in my marriage. There was no betrayal. There was nothing happening like that. It was just 
it was very obvious my husband was resentful of my business. And so I had to make a decision because I was like, okay, this is either, this can't make or break my marriage. And so I have to figure this out. And so I did, I started to figure it out. I started to scale my business. I started to make different choices. I started to question my own thinking. Do I always have to do these things? Like I had said to you, my business coach questioned me on why do you have to work until midnight at the end of the month? I started questioning these things. I started working less. I started just making commitments to be in the office. And so if anyone is listening right now and they're wondering what action steps can they take? Cause I know you're probably gonna ask me some details. That's what I did. I literally said, okay, I'm not going in the office these days. I'm going to be with my kids these days. I'm going to bring them to school these days. I'm going, and I did some of that already, but I did more of it. I'm going to cook dinner these days. This is family day. I'm not working. And guess what? I started doing that and my business still grew with me working less. And so I realized, okay, I have figured this out. And that ended up, that season of my life ended up turning into why I coach people now and what I coach them on. And so that's really what happened. I ended up leaving the business, went into another one, wasn't looking to do that, wasn't searching for something else. I was pretty happy. I did have some challenges with some things that were going on as far as the organization I was with and the leadership that I had leading me. There was some real issues there, but I wasn't looking to leave. I ended up coming into a situation that I couldn't refuse. And my husband said, I'm going to start working for this company. And I was like, all right, I'll help you. And so long story short, Becky, you probably can guess what happened. I was helping him and I was so blown away of what happened. And I realized God was calling me to work with my husband. I realized it was like that, that 15 years of training I had as a top leader in the network marketing industry, my husband being supportive, there was a dynamic there that we needed to fill, you know what I mean? To do it together. And we weren't going to do it together in the company I was in. It was just not the way it was supposed to work. And here's the thing. I took those principles. I took those philosophies that I had really put together in those last couple of years and passed them on to this situation I'm in now. So like when I started with this company, I wasn't going back to the old habits, even though I was like, let me win. I want to achieve. I got to make money for our family. It was during COVID. There was a lot going on. My husband was laid off. That's a whole other story for another time. But I didn't then take them into those bad habits into the new company. I didn't resurface those and I didn't allow them to resurface. And yeah, like I'm living the life I always wanted. And I've frankly have watched too many people suffer. I've watched too many people either trying and not ever getting there because they don't know how to scale their business. They have poor mentorship or no mentorship or some of the mentorship I've seen has been not only poor, but like vindictive and manipulative mentorship. Mm -hmm. And I've watched too many people not be successful. And so I finally feel like I cracked the code to be able to make the, the money And I've gotten it down to a science to be able to teach people how to make a six figure income per year with working 25 hours a week or less Mm -hmm. and not having to give up their time with their family and their kids. And isn't that what it's all about? Mm -hmm. Because we have to, we want to be able to live and make money, but we only get one shot at this. Our kids start growing and then the snap of the finger, it's like they were born and now they're 10. 
Yeah. And, and then of course, obviously our marriage, right? Our marriage is, is our way, way more important. And there was seriously a time and I'm afraid I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't say afraid, but I'm embarrassed to admit this. There was a time where I honestly did not know whether my relationship with my husband or my business was more important. And that's when I said, okay, this is a real problem. Mm-hmm. The fact that I would even question whether my marriage or my business is more important. And that's when I guess I decided to fix it. That's awesome, Brie. And I just can't, I can't even begin to articulate the power of, yeah, being able to work in a coaching relationship with people like the mentors that you've mentioned, and we've mentioned Kelly, and just people that could really help us even co-regulate our nervous systems to get us out of that mode. Because I know I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. I tried. I tried the self-help books on healing perfectionism and slowing down, and it was like all of this internal information that was just waiting in my mind bank. But it was when I start when I invested into coaching and really started to witness a person who ran their life and business and family and conducted themselves in a way that was just so much slower and more intentional and conscious and satisfying and also very successful and expansive, like getting to witness, be in the energy of people like that and starts to rewire your nervous system. So I had a very similar path. I'm so grateful for the turning point. And same with me and Sebastian, people will always ask. I know they know it was me that started this deeper work, especially when I came across the somatic healing. So they're like, at what point did he notice or come on board? Or what would he say was the change? And what he'll say, his answer to that is the shift in energy. He really noticed for the first time ever this more grounded, secure, stable energy. And for me, from my perspective, it was like learning to move trauma out of my body for the first time and learn how to live life and also build my business out of this place of abundance instead of lack and scarcity and fear and a trauma response. And that bled into the energy of her home. He started noticing, wow, she's really got herself. She's not bringing the same energy at all. And it wasn't something I said different or this amazing breakthrough conversation that I had with him. It was what he felt in my presence. And that's something that I tried to say for so long that like, I'm at peace or I'm settled or blah, blah, blah. But my energy would betray me all the time and he can feel and sniff it from a mile away. And so that was really the shift when I learned how to embody this deep subconscious cellular spiritual rest that it also gave space to let our marriage breathe again, come back to life. Close to dead girl. It's like very close. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing though. A lot of synchronicities between you and I. Yeah. I love that. What an amazing story. Yeah. So Brie, I could talk to you for hours, but I think we'll just have to have a part two. There's so many different lanes we could go down. Is there any last words or advice that you have for a woman who's in this place of just feeling like, okay, maybe I am in this mode of the lifestyle I have built actually is costing me my peace and maybe my marriage. Final words of wisdom for our listeners. Yeah. What I would say honestly is this. I think if people actually look in the mirror, they can figure it out. We are smarter than we think we are. If something doesn't feel right, question it. Don't just continue down the same path because you feel it's the path that you're supposed to go on. 
If I was to give one piece of advice, I would say really look at your time and where you're spending it. We can find holes. We can look at things and realize that we can do them more efficiently and effectively. And we don't honestly have to work so many hours to get the job done. We really don't. Yeah, we don't. It's just been a teaching that's been passed down to a lot of us that success in all areas of life comes from working our asses off and driving ourselves into the ground. And there really is a different way, possibility of doing it. And so thank you for coming on, Brie. I love talking to you. Thank you for all you've shared. So many good nuggets. Your story is incredibly powerful. And we'll have to have you back in the coaching container again soon because my ladies loved you. Oh, <laughs> where can people find you on social media? Shout out all your places where people can connect with you. Sure. Instagram at the leadership HQ. Awesome. Easy enough. I'll link everything in the show notes, guys. And then I want to ask you one more question, Bree. Is there any, sometimes for me, it helps just to have one quote or one mantra to hold on to when it comes to a topic that can feel this big and you know overwhelming. Is there any mantra quote that you have that helps you anchor this in? Yeah, it is. If your business is a mess, your life will most likely follow suit. Mm, That's relatable and powerful. Okay. Thank you so much again for your time today. And we will talk soon, Brie. Thank you. Ah, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday. Today's partner sponsor is the Feminine Frequency Podcast, which is hosted by Amy Natalie, a women's empowerment coach and embodiment guide. I followed this podcast for years before I even began my own business and ended up becoming friends with Amy, who now regularly pours into my clients, my community, and she's been on the podcast here herself. She's personally helped me heal money wounds, deepen my relationship with my own feminine rhythms of living communicate way more authentically in my marriage, and just be the kind of leader who feels freely empowered to show up authentic. So if you love my podcast, you'll love The Feminine Frequency. Amy's show is designed for ambitious women who are ready to activate their confidence, awaken their pleasure, 
and align with their purpose. You'll learn how to manifest love, attract abundance, and courageously follow your intuition to create a life that lights your soul on fire. With over 320 episodes to choose from, you will find the perfect topic to support you on your journey of connecting with your feminine energy in your relationships, your career, and your everyday lifestyle. You can find The Feminine Frequency on Apple, Spotify, or the podcast app.